Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant School. School. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of Plant School. Today, we're going to be talking about photosynthesis. It is a fundamental process. I knew you were going to. Photosynthesis. Sam always sings this little song he learned in school. Yeah, it was like Anytime I bring up photosynthesis. Seventh grader or something like that. (laughs) Um, anyways, so we're going to be, it's our first little plant science lesson is to help you understand not just the house plants around you, but also the plant world all around you. So all the science lessons that we do will be kept simple and interesting. So you don't need to be a science nerd. I'll make sure of that. I'll make sure to ask questions when I don't understand what the heck Rachel's talking about. So to start off, Rachel, what is photosynthesis? It's a fundamental process. Yeah, you know what it is. It is a fundamental process. Um, It's the process by which green plants use sunlight to obtain energy, and it is as simple as that. The process, not the process. The process. So how does it work? So plants take in carbon dioxide, which is CO2, and they also take in water from the air, um, the air and the soil. They don't just suck it all up from the air. And this water is oxidized. That simply means that it loses some of its electrons and it becomes oxygen. And the carbon dioxide is reduced. That means it gains electrons, which I always thought was so confusing in chemistry of like, if something's reduced, it gains electrons, but whatever. Anyways, the carbon dioxide becomes glucose and the oxygen is released back into the air, and the glucose serves as the form of energy that the plant is able to use to do everything it needs to do. Hmm. That's a lot of sciencey words, I feel like. You understood it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're basic stuff, I guess, but it's just been a while. Yeah. I'm sure everyone listening knows exactly what the difference between us. So, anyways, what part of the plant performs photosynthesis? 
uh, the chloroplast. And that's just, you know, inside the plant cell, there are small little organelles, one of which is called a chloroplast, and they contain chlorophyll to absorb the energy of sunlight. And chlorophyll is green. It's the responsible, it's responsible for plants being green to begin with. And people kind of speculate that chloroplast, the reason why it's green is because when it was in its very, very early forms of, you know, becoming what it is, it formed down in the depths of the sea, right? There was a lot of water when the earth first was forming. And so there's a lot of red and blue light available down in the ocean, but not so much green light. So chloroplast kind of evolved and developed and was really good at absorbing these red and blue light waves. And it has kind of stayed that way throughout time. Nothing has really changed. So they reflect back the green light into our eyeballs because they don't use it. So that's the color that we see from them. But all the other color waves is kind of what they absorb, mostly those red and blues, which I thought was really fascinating. Cool, huh? Isn't that cool? Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do they know about all this stuff about when the earth was being formed there are like evolutionary scientists biologists and i don't know all of it but they dive into a lot of the molecular genetics and figure things out it's fascinating but i don't understand it all of course i read about it and i think it's cool (laughs) sounds cool all right so uh Um, Are there different forms of photosynthesis? Yeah, there are. Um, If you took a biology class in college, you guys probably are familiar with this. The main ones are called C3 and C4. PO. No, not C4. C3PO. I was like (laughs) C4PO. But yeah, so just really briefly, these different types I'm just going to kind of skim through them. So C3. C3 is called this because the plant produces a carbon compound called 3-phosphoglyceric acid, which goes on to become glucose, you know, that form of sugar that the plant uses. So about 85% of plants use this. It's super common. It's the most common, obviously. So C4, less common, it produces a 4-carbon compound, hence the 4, and it splits into carbon dioxide and the three-carbon compound that we just talked about. And it just produces higher levels of carbon and allows the plant to thrive in environments without much light or water. So, And it minimizes photorespiration, so it doesn't lose as much water. And this is about 3% of plants. You know, not, not as common, of course. And then Lastly, there are CAM plants, C-A-M. That stands for Crassulacin Acid Metabolism. Very similar to C4, but they separate photosynthesis activities between night and day to reduce even more so photorespiration so they're losing less water. They will actually close their stomatas. Stomatas are the little tiny, tiny pores on a plant's leaves. And they kind of... I don't know, I'd kind of compare them to like little lips. So they're open during the night and they close during the day 
um, and they aren't taking up any COT, COT, CO2 in their clothes, but when they open up, they are. That way that they're open when the air is cooler at night and water loss is lowered for them. So like a cactus, an orchid or a jade plant that they would be doing um, CAM uh, photosynthesis activities. And that's about five to 10% of plants. So how did it come to be? Okay, so there is biochemical and genetic evidence that strongly suggests that chloroplasts are descendants of oxygen-producing photosynthetic bacteria. That was a lot of big words. So put simply, about 1.5 billion years ago, there were these little single-celled organisms called protists, and they engulfed photosynthesizing bacteria. They're called cyanobacteria. And over time, that little cyanobacteria inside the protist, it kind of absorbed and became a functional part of the protist. And this is very similar with what happened with uh, like our cells, eukaryotic cells. Eukaryotic cells are like the cells in, in animals and in humans. It's very similar similar with what happened with our mitochondria. Are you familiar with that, Sam? No. Kind of the same thing. Mitochondria mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Um, and it was what they think was a separate little organelle that was swallowed up by a bigger cell, but now it's a functioning part of it. You know, it's just one kind of working cell. So it's kind of interesting. It, it, the protist kind of swallowed up the chloroplast and that's where we are today. They, they coexist together. They're kind of considered one, not two separate things. There's a lot of big words, a lot of big words. (laughs) (laughs) You can do this. This is, there's not a test at the end. Is there? No, no. I tried to, I tried so hard to like get exciting, cool things about photosynthesis that people might not know. So when you start talking about little cells that are so tiny that I can't see them, and it's just like, I don't know. What but I'm... they swallowed each other. Isn't it cool? <laughs> it's like a shark and a fish sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. All right. So are plants the only ones who perform photosynthesis? Uh not exactly. There are a few other organisms, including algae, which are considered bacteria, and cyanobacteria, which we just talked about. Cyanobacteria, those those, those tiny earliest forms of life on Earth, and they contributed to the origin of plants like we just talked about. They were the guys who were swallowed up into the protists. So are there any plants that don't use photosynthesis? Yes, there are. And I thought this was so interesting because, like, how can a plant survive without photosynthesis, right? Yeah. Um, But there are very rare cases. So I'm just going to focus on the ones that are completely non-photosynthetic. There are some that, like, switch in between. They can be, and they can turn it off, depending on how they feel. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But the ones that have no capability, they are parasites, which makes sense. They need to obtain their needed nutrients somehow. So they're called holoparasites because 
they are unable to photosynthesize. And they have these special organs called a hostoria. And it goes into the host tissue and it is, extracts water and nutrients for itself so that it can survive instead of using photosynthesis. So there's two examples of such plants. The first one is called a beech drop, or the scientific name is Epiphagus americana, and it actually lives on the beech trees or lives through them. So they're found in eastern Canada, the eastern U.S., and as west as Texas. They're kind of all over the place, but they're actually medicinal, and you can eat them as a survival food. I read reviews of it, and they weren't too high. I don't think it's a very yummy survival food. Mm -hmm. um, the second plant that does this is called Indian pipe. It's also called ghost plant or corpse plant. Some really cute names going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and its scientific name is Monotropa uniflora. And so how it survives, it feeds off different trees through uh, fungi in the soil, mycorrhizal fungi. And this type of fungi is all throughout the soil, especially around trees. Um, trees use them to kind of extend their root system. They tap into this fungi and they have a good relationship. You know, they help each other survive. And so the Indian pipe or the ghost plant comes in, it hooks on to the fungi which connects it to the trees. Usually this happens with beeches or pines or oaks, and it's actually very rare. It blooms in June and September, so maybe you can find it then. It It's kind of spooky looking because it is like completely white. Not really transparent, but just white. And you can find it in Asia, South America, and the USA. It, although it is absent from the Southwest, the Inner Mountain West, and the Central Rocky Mountains, which I think that includes us, Sam. I would say, yeah. aren't we in the Inner Mountain West? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so bummed because I want to see this plant. I'll just have to go on a trip. But it's also a medicinal plant. The root of it can be eaten. And yeah, so it's kind of cool that plants have some of them can survive without photosynthesis. They have sneaky ways of going around it. I wouldn't have even known. Now <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Rachel, thanks for that little mini science lesson on photosynthesis. I will study up so that I can pass the test. <laughs> yeah, you better. Okay, well, we appreciate all of you for listening to another episode of Plant School, and be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.